Hey, 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 welcome back to season two of the Uncomfort Zone podcast. So season two is going to kick off with a brand new interview with Miss Ashley Reed. Ashley is a yoga instructor and a wellness coach who delights herself in making bodies and minds better. I love her. She is a businesswoman with a heart of gold, and I know you're going to enjoy listening to and learning from her personal and entrepreneurial journey. Um, as you listen to her tips and her personal story, I want you to see yourself taking action on something that has been holding you back or something that you've been longing to do, as, as you'll hear directly from her. Um, this podcast, the Uncomfort Zone podcast, has been formed to help women break through the madness in our minds uh, that can sometimes be caused by the inner critic or a phenomenon called imposter syndrome. And, you know, it's, it's upon us to understand that, figure out our triggers and be able to push that stuff to the side. Uh, so that we can create beautiful lives that serve others fully while we become that which we have been called. So thank you so much for listening to this kickoff episode. And I can't wait to release uh, new interviews with other uh, business women and professional women and practitioners. Um, so we are on this learning journey together. So thank you and enjoy. So Ashley, tell me how you have become, you know, it, it's been a few years since we talked to each other and then we found each other again on Facebook and the rest is history. <laughs> and so tell me a little bit about the time that I, um, you know, haven't been in your life or knowing what's going on with you. So much has happened for you and I'm just so excited. And uh, yeah, talk to me some about how you have become. Okay. <laughs> um, I feel very much like I am still becoming, but to get in this space, um, I, as well, as most people may or may not know, I went to the University of Louisville and shortly after I finished um, my degree there, I shipped off to California, Los Angeles Fashion School, you know, trying to figure out what I wanted to be, what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And um, I've fallen in love with this city, with the weather mostly. I don't have any like snow or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. But um, how I've become, I just kind of feel like the thing that I have to remind myself is keep moving forward. And in this journey to this, like, I thought I knew what I was doing when I very first moved to California. I came with like my graduation money, which was like somewhere around $2,000. <laughs> I felt like I had all the money in the world because at the time I was like, look at you with your money. And right. this place where the cost of living is so astronomically different from, you know, Kentucky that is like, oh. I got to get a job. I got to get to working. So I just kind of always just kept moving forward. And so whatever, in whatever capacity that, that looked like, um, I moved around a lot my first couple of years when I was a student at FITM. Um, mm -hmm. I always say you haven't really moved to LA unless you've been kind of homeless. And I mean that, you know, like a couch surfing type of way, like mm -hmm. that is my experience. I stayed with friends. I you know, found roommates. I had like 10 roommates in my first like year because <laughs> it was just different spaces of like living with student housing and then living outside of student housing. So maybe it was like four of us in a space. So mm -hmm. that is kind of my journey. It's a hodgepodge of just existing, but like really being open to the possibilities. So right now I work in the fashion industry and um, so I'm using my degree which is very exciting. <laughs> I'm yeah. almost done paying for that degree. I have two more payments left and I can officially awesome. be like, I've done it. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say congratulations. <laughs> um, inside of that whole walk that you just explained, what were, what were some of the most uncomfortable parts in keeping up with the name of the podcast? Talk to me about some of those, maybe one or two of the most uncomfortable parts and how you kept moving forward what did you what did you do to even break through or to get through um some of those times I I think 
one of the most uncomfortable spaces was initially finding that place to live here. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing like having your home. And that's such an important thing. Um, and I never realized it because I, you know, when you're in high school, you have your parents home, which my parents home was, you know, fantastic and wonderful. I lived in the dorms. I was a resident advisor in undergrad. So again, had home, but yeah. then yeah. come to this space and uh, having the myriad of roommates at different times and different circumstances. Finally, when I came to that space of being like, I've got to find a place where I love to be, and especially now in the middle of a pandemic, like you're at home, you should love the place that you live in, the plants, <laughs> the art, and the things of that. Yes. yes. That was probably one of the most uncomfortable spaces because I had a goal. I wanted to finish school mm -hmm. and I was thousands of miles away from home. So I couldn't just like, uh, and again, it wasn't horrible as far as that, but just finding that space where you feel like you can relax and mm -hmm. just like, I'm done for the end of the day. And so I think that that was probably one of the more uncomfortable spaces, just like finding where I belong. And I've lived all over LA. I've lived in downtown and the Valley and uh, Chinatown, East LA, like there's, and they're all such different neighborhoods, all amazing neighborhoods. I finally mm -hmm. found what I consider to be my home here in Inglewood. Mm -hmm. And um, that just, it makes a difference. And so I just kept moving forward and sometimes things would work out. And sometimes it would be like, okay. I remember living in a place one time and being like, I put the, the address in my phone is only temporary. Uh -huh. I needed to save money. I like the cost of living was going up and going up. And I was like, I'm not going to pay these people anymore for my apartment. I moved in with a friend of mine and I was just like, this is only temporary. And once I found that next space, it was just like everything expanded. I felt like people, like I just had the space to relax, you know? Mm -hmm. I like that because it just makes me think about uh, my friends and even some family who went away, you know, they were ready to go, but then, you know, people started coming back home. You know what I mean? They, they kind of gave up on some things. And so it's, it's nice to hear you talk about how, regardless of what you were going through at that time, you were just, you just kept looking for the next best step, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's really what it is. And I think that that's <laughs> everything, even with work, yeah, um, the next best step. I like what I do. I have an incredible work community and I, I love my coworkers. I think that's what makes like work fun for me. Mm -hmm. um, but I always knew that like, this is still very much a job for me. Um, I'm going to do as much as I can. I'm going to focus as hard as I can during, during the day. But then after that, don't bother me. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to relax. Right. I'm going to be, you know, yeah. move on Take to the time for yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So let's get into um, some pivotal experiences. So this question really deals with what do you think are some pivotal experiences that women should have in order to grow into their skills and competencies? You actually just mentioned one, but can you, can you think of, of something in your life that could help the younger generation or the older crowd? <laughs> Those of us. I think pivotal experiences for me mm -hmm. have been really getting in contact or getting in touch with myself and really breaking down what things I believe in really mm -hmm. and why I believe in them. Yes. There was a lot of challenges from, you know, just moving out of your parents' house and going to college you know, the things that you would normally do because, you, you know, these were the rules, this was set for you. And then once you got out of that environment, really trying to absorb mm -hmm. like what's going on around you, but then also having that space of saying, well, do I believe in this? Is this something that right. works for me? Or is this something that somebody told me? And it could mm -hmm. be anybody who said, this is how you, you are, this is what makes you blah, 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 whatever that is. And so people speak over you, but not in a, a negative way, but in a way that like, this is what mm -hmm. you should do. And I had to really evaluate it. There was a point in my life when I really had to evaluate, is this something I believe? And for me, I found out mm, not so much. For, this isn't really the core of who I am. This is actually, I believe this over here. I feel that this is 
a better space for me. And, and that is just like being a good human. Yeah. I think that that's important. And, you know, there's a lot of different rules that tell you, you have to do this, this, and this to be, you know, a good woman or wife mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And yeah. be like, that doesn't really apply to me. That's not what I think is important to me. So I think just that inner work of trying to understand mm-hmm. what you believe in. Mm-hmm. I love how you say inner work. I actually changed the name of my um, business to be inner work because I feel like that is the practice. That's the practice of our life. That's how we, you know, become (laughs) is to really focus on the inner work. In fact, I heard just today, I was listening to a book called um, Creative Vision and the part that you just explained about understanding and getting to your core, um, it, it starts when you really start to hone in on your own thinking and the power of your own mind, mm-hmm. you know? And so, well, that was a great segue because now I want to hear uh, what are two of your core values? <laughs> I think my biggest core value for myself mm-hmm. is to do what makes me happy. And it, it kind of sounds fluffy, but it's real because we, especially this year, again, coming well, in the middle of the pandemic, a -hmm. lot of people have been so conditioned to do whatever you have to do because you just, we're just spinning wheel. We're like, oh, I got to do this and it's Monday and then Tuesday. And then we go into the week and then next thing you know, it's already another Monday. All right. (laughs) Like it's such a cycle, but really being able to do what makes me happy. If, if I'm unhappy in a relationship and, and it's like, more than maybe 20 30 percent and maybe that's been a high number but you know because you're still working with somebody you're still figuring things out but if I'm truly unhappy if I'm dreading like hearing from my manager or something like that then I need to say why are you doing this this? are you doing this because you're trying to x y and z or is this something you love Mm -hmm. and um so I really believe in doing what makes me happy and if something doesn't give me joy delegate it to somebody else hmm. if I do that or I just don't do it and I mean in some spaces it sounds fluffy but it's real for me yeah yeah I think we spend a lot of time not thinking about doing that for ourselves and just kind of living you know from moment to moment trying to appease and please and uh, I because I got I got caught up in that and it physically disturbed me you know, during um, a professional time in my life. So yeah, I love how you say that. I, I wish I could have been thinking like that <laughs> during that time period. Yeah. So let's talk. So you so you do a lot. <laughs> you serve a lot and in some beautiful ways. And in fact, that's how we reconnected. So let's talk about your brand a little bit. Okay. Um, well, I recently started Body Art Noir, which Mm -hmm. is a yoga and meditation studio. Currently we're online due to COVID, you know, trying Mm -hmm. to keep everybody safe. Yeah. Um, But my heart's desire is to open a studio location in Inglewood. And the reason that I chose this location is A, I live here. I love it here. It is such a beautiful city. I love what's happening within the city. And I looked around actually, I mean, I just love yoga personally. So I always knew I wanted to teach yoga, Mm -hmm. Um, got my training. And as a result of my training, um, one of the questions that the um, person who led the training asked, like, what do you want to do with your training? What's your next step? And I was like, one day I want to have a yoga studio. And she was just like, Uh "Uh, we can do that now. And And I'm okay. Like I'm one of those people that didn't need a lot of like, I didn't him and haw about it. I was just like, okay cool yoga studio that's what we're gonna do now um it has taken a while for it to happen because COVID Mm kind of derailed things but I still moved forward um but really my goal is just to serve serve the community our community is uh mostly black and brown and Mm -hmm. don't have a yoga studio here and I think that's really kind of a tragedy because we all know that people of color are experiencing things at a much oftentimes higher level of stress, yeah. um, working for less money, doing a lot of the same jobs, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And just being able to have a space that you can go where the instructors look like you, 
the music is representative of like your space and that we also don't spiritually bypass. I think especially when you get into yoga and those wellness fields, sometimes it's that like, well, why can't we all get along? And, you know, just trying <laughs> to soothe people like to not cause the drama, but mm. also being able to realize that sometimes I'm hurting. I'm hurting because of things I can't change. I'm hurting because I get on the news right. and somebody has done something to somebody who looks like me or somebody who looks like a person I love. And right. I might feel a little down mm -hmm. and I need you to recognize that this is a real thing for me. And then sometimes I've, I found that other places, they didn't want to cause trouble. They want to make everybody feel safe. But by not acknowledging something that is so big or that's so happening right now, you're really isolating the people who might even need it the most. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, so you infuse some of um, the healing, I guess, into the work that you do and with the, with the people that you serve in the community at large. Yeah. Is that, is that what I'm, wow. That's, I'm just, uh -huh. Yeah, I want to make sure that they feel seen. And I think also what's super important now is mm -hmm. I've lived all over LA and I've lived like I lived in downtown before downtown was cool. <laughs> I lived there yeah. when there was a grocery store, mm -hmm. no, all of the things that it has now. And you just see when people start these developments and it happens all over everywhere, mm -hmm. every mm -hmm. city, state, once you get an area where they're like, this is going to be the next popping hot spot, they start to build the infrastructure and then they leave out the people who have been living there. I know, been, right? Yeah. You know? And mm -hmm. so that's why it's super important for me to create this studio now because I know it's going to come sometime. Somebody, somebody's going to look from the outside and say, you know what? I would love to have a studio here. <laughs> and then they bring it in and then it doesn't look like the people who already live here. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That, that little extra component of gentrification. So we, we know it's, we know it's happening. You feel it. Um, you can't really put your finger on it and then you wake up one day you, you know and something is different uh, right. in the community yeah, yeah that's it's it's in your community and it doesn't even look like you're like who right what's happening here right. but i love how you're like bringing not just the the health aspect and the love of body and the love of of yoga and all of the, but the healing and the social justice and how all of that can just work together to create a space that helps people to release. I love it. I love it, girl. I love it. Um, so how did you get into yoga? Tell, tell me that. When we knew each other um, earlier on in your undergrad days, I don't remember knowing that you like yoga. <laughs> okay. I upon it by accident. Um, okay. I, I lived, this is a time when I, again, had a billion roommates, but actually I only had mm -hmm. three and a dog. So maybe there was four of us. Okay. But um, I was living with um, some girls that I worked with and they had invited me to go to a yoga studio. And I'm like, all right, cool. So we pack up, we go. This is my first experience. And it was an incredible class, but I can tell you right now, it was so immature because I could not get over the fact that people's butts were in the air. Like it was <laughs> tearing me down. I'm laughing. And I know this poor yoga teacher was probably like, who drug her in here who allowed her to be in this space like people are trying to be all zen and I'm just right like, look at it like, like it's this downward dog at my face okay yes and I don't know why that was so funny <laughs> to me at the time I think I was just having a good time with my girlfriends and so uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, as life would have it I continued like I did it that one time and then kind of just put it on the shelf and went on okay and um a few years later, I had gotten really deep into my career. I work in the apparel manufacturing career or industry. And I worked at a company where it was like, almost like Hunger Games. Like as far as like when you were going to get like terminated, because they always kind of had some financial issues going on. So it was just kind of like a round of layoffs that like wow. happened every few months. So finally my number came up and it was like, all right, well, get on out of here. And so I instantly had all of this time that I had not had because I was so focused on the work that I, it gave me that space to be like, okay, again, what do you want to do? Why are you doing this? And luck would have it that I lived in walking distance of that very same studio I went to so many years ago. Mm -hmm. And I started going to 
the studio and they had a really great special and I was just more mature. And I think also I needed the healing. I was hurting because I felt like I had given a lot to this job. And then all of a sudden, you know, when they didn't need you anymore, I was out. And then also like, well, what am, what am I going to do next? What is the next thing that I'm going to focus on? And I really felt like I went in that studio and I just felt like I could release all the things that were, was kind of going on in and around me. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I found something special. So that's really what it was. And then from there, I've just kind of continued to practice at home and at different studios. And, you know, last year was the year that I was like, okay, I'm ready to give this teacher thing a try and did wow. the education and had an incredible time. Yeah, I, I love it. I was just kind of, as you're describing it, I'm just envisioning you were painting a great picture of what happened here, what and how you got introduced to it. And then what you, you know, the one time you went there and I can just see you kind of walking in and doing all that. So thanks for, thanks for sharing that. If at any, at any time during that period, did you feel uh, like, and I don't know, people like to talk these days a lot about the imposter syndrome. And that's actually a subject of mine that I'm studying in my degree program. And it's just this feeling of fraudulence really. And uh, I mean, the confidence is, mm, and you're you're feeling like I don't know if I'm good enough to do this, but I'm gonna try. No, I'm not gonna try right now. No, maybe I'll try. You know, it's just where all all of the the junk that we feel about ourselves starts to come up and and maybe take over. And so, were there any instances where you felt like that? And if you did, how did you come combat it? I, I was thinking about this because I was like, okay, <laughs> this is a question that's coming up. What are you going to say? <laughs> but I'm going to say like, for me, I am, I, I, I can't say that I'm like, it's just, I'm just have all this confidence and I'm just like, Ooh, yeah. I just also don't need a lot of, um, I don't know. Like, so, okay, let me back it up. When I was in that training and then the instructor said, well, what do you want to do next? And I was like, one day. I want to open a studio. So in that space, I was like, I don't know when down the road, it can be 10, 15 years. I don't know. Then I'll open a studio. And for her, her response was, why don't we do it now? Like she's around my age. She had already opened two studios here in LA. Okay. And that was all I needed. Like literally the next two weeks I had a name and I had already started doing the paperwork and I was ready to open the studio having never taught a class. Yeah. So I'm kind of the opposite of imposter syndrome in that case because I just well, knew I needed to do it. It's because you you worked the stuff that helps us pull ourselves out of that. You know, mm-hmm. think about it. you made a quick decision, right? You know, even though there's some unknowns, that didn't matter to you. A lot of times people who suffer from that, all of that matters. Things have to be perfect. You know what I mean? And they have to feel like everything is in, in place. You didn't. You did like MLK said just take the first step <laughs> like in this journey I could say for that I yeah. never felt like 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 I said I was ready to sign up to do the paperwork and have never taught a, a class in person but that's awesome you know COVID came and then I started teaching classes three four times five times a week so now like it just with that with the the craziness of COVID it really allowed me the space to hone that skill so wow. now I'm even more Mm -hmm. about being able to to do this and have like you know great yeah yeah it's all about the reframe I also was reading something else where these domains that we carry they're really mainly two this one over here on fear where we talk about or feel like all of our self-limiting beliefs are coming to pass it goes back to what you said about you know believing yourself and your core value and you thinking for yourself and your own mind and this other one um is just the opposite of that. And so I've really started to, even just for myself, uh, hone in on that. There were some negative things that I was thinking earlier today. I said, I'm just gonna flip the script. I'm just gonna turn the can over, you know, and make the decision related to this particular frame instead of that one. I'm not gonna let that blow me up or blow mm-hmm. me out the wall. I love that, I love that. Okay, talk, talk some more then about um, people. Okay. Yeah, I like how you mentioned the person who is your age who kind of, you know, helped you make a quick decision in getting into your own business. Are there some other people along the way that 
that have helped to shape you? Yeah. Um, obviously, I have to start with my parents. They're mm-hmm. the ones that made me. Without them, I would not be here. Um, <laughs> in particular, I mean, my mom is like, I, I, I will say it, my favorite person. My mom's my favorite person. Anybody else who also is my favorite person, mm-hmm. don't feel no way about it if you're hearing this. <laughs> <laughs> she really is. And I think that it's been such an incredible journey to watch. I mean, obviously she's my mom, so she's always been here, but to right. experience her as an adult mm-hmm. in such a different space. Isn't that the best? That is just the best. It is yeah. such an incredible experience. And I feel like especially like this year with all the craziness of the political things and et cetera, et cetera, just being able to have these conversations that I don't think we would have ever had um, has been life-changing just to kind of mm-hmm. see how my mom thinks and also just kind of being like okay and then she like I can't even I can't imagine she writes me notes in the mail and all kinds of stuff so she's one of the main reasons that always like keeps me going like I'm yeah. in the middle of a fundraising thing for the studio and I get a uh-huh. check if you don't do online transactions but I just <laughs> you know I received a check from her <laughs> donation and it just like like it really just like put something in my spirit. Like my mom believes in me so much. So I couldn't, I can't like recognize my mom. She's dope. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. <laughs> just You know, for people who are uh, listening to your story right now and listening, um, you know, to the, to the replay, just thinking about the people in their own lives. And so I know for some it's parents, for others, it's, you know, might be a supervisor or something or a silent coach you know Mm -hmm. I have a few silent coaches that people I watch and I learn from (laughs) and Mm I um but they don't know me from Adam (laughs) (laughs) you know so some some folks like that do you have anybody like that in your life that you're like I'm I'm watching you I'm watching you I'm figuring some stuff out based on you know how your walk in the world I do (laughs) I mean I feel like it's just there's 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 one person in particular that I um and you don't have to call names and stuff you just hmm? just describe them if you want this guy is uh he he teaches finance and so like he he has a heart for again black and brown people Uh people in like the millennial age group and I just appreciate like his honesty like I you know as most people my age coming out of college you end up with all of this debt from just you know yeah. just trying to get an education just trying to do the next best thing or what was told was the next best thing right and there was um a space in 2000 maybe eight or so you know so all the financial craziness was happening that was in the middle of me being unemployed yeah. from the job wow. and I really sat down and I was like I want to make a change in my life because I don't know what to do you know the the student loan people are calling being like so when do you think you're gonna make it and I'm like girl I'm not at work I don't know when I'm gonna make a you know a payment but I somehow you know it was meant to be either somebody had like social media him or something and I was like oh let me follow this dude and you know I spent some time just really working again on my personal finance and I just love that he is such a champion for people and he shoots it to you straight there's no um no like I don't want to hurt your feelings. If something he thinks a, a, a decision is a dumb decision to do financially, he's just like, oh, that's a dumb decision. And mm-hmm. I can take that and be like, you know what? That is right. And so like, not to say that that's like necessarily my style, but I do find that, you know, sometimes just you have to be straightforward to people. And I appreciate that Yeah, um, yeah. because a lot of times, you know, we're all, especially as women, we are trying to keep the peace a lot of time and so we don't really express what we mean the way that we say it and then it's like two hours later we're like why didn't I say this is this this way um but I appreciate that type of honesty because it definitely um lives in my space like I definitely want to be like yep nope that's a good if somebody asked me for my opinion but you know well, that sounds really good. Is that a name that we need to know? Yes, Jerem Person Lynn, and you can find him on, he wrote like five financial books. Okay. Let's just pull it up real quick so I'm not lying to y'all about it, but uh, the book is called Brass Knuckle Finance, mm. and I mean, again, doesn't it just sound like he don't right. play things? Right. 
in fact, I'm going to put this as a, one of the resources in the podcast information. So people who are, you know, listening to the information will be able to kind of read and see and click on a link. Absolutely. Um, that was one of that, that my experience with him, he had done, and this was again, like in December, uh-huh. he had a workshop where he it was like a five week workshop where he went through like the chapters. I think it was like five chapters in the book and you read the book, you did the work. And I literally at that time, I was so tired of, you know, the financial space that I had found myself in that I told him like, literally, I didn't care. I didn't care what people thought about my little paycheck at the time. I was like, listen, I came here to get help. And that is, I can tell you, that is the reason why I'm almost like, I have one and a half payments left. Like in January, I am one. Come on. Congratulations. Let me just go say that now. Um, Okay. So it's interesting you mentioned finance because I've always wanted to write a book around finance and the title, I got the title. I got to finish this dissertation first, but the book okay. is legacy, not loans. That just came in my spirit. Um, I want to say about four years ago, I've not done anything with it and I'm saying it publicly here, but um, I don't, I have two daughters and this whole, money thing, this whole money thing is something very serious for us. In fact, that leads me to um, the next thing I want to ask you about. What do you think is holding women back from functioning as the best version of themselves? We hear that phrase a lot too, and I know it's pretty cliche, but um, quickly, something like finance can hold us back because I was so scared that, you know, I looked at my credit report once and it was like a 40 something dollar bill on there that I had no clue about. Or I could have had a clue had I looked at it and studied and paid attention and just even, you know, the wherewithal to go focus on how to do. And that held me back for so long that some things I just didn't try. And um, I mean, what are, what are one or two things you can think of that, that keeps us stalled, you know, from showing up? I think my, I think the biggest thing that holds uh, women back is the is trying to live up to an unrealistic expectation Mm. and we live in a time where social media drives so much of what we eat say it what we wear how we shape our bodies and the lengths that we go through to get said body shape or relationship goals or any of the things that people post about Cause you're only getting a snapshot of things that are maybe not even real. I just saw something the other day. It was like this person, uh, and it was a black woman who was, I don't know, she wasn't here in the US. I think she was someplace else. I think it was UK. And, mm-hmm. you know, she had built this whole idea of luxury online about like all the different brands and this stuff and that. And she's about to get deported from this place. And she's like looking for help. And it's just like kind of all this thing, like we're trying to, to project this thing that's not real yeah and in some spaces just even the things that people tell us that we're supposed to be you know mm-hmm. you don't do things a certain way I actually had a, a guy that I dated and he was really bent out of shape that I didn't want to clean toilets like I had no desire I was like well if we can afford it I think we should have somebody and I'm not saying an every day because sis, like who's paying for it? But right. I'm talking about somebody coming in once a month. If, if you have kids, you know, whatever it is, just being able to like clean your house so you have a clean slate mm-hmm. and then you, you know, keep your month and you maintain it. I wasn't talking about like, I never want to do any kind of domestic work, but for him, that was such a, a challenge to like, to have a woman say that that wasn't really like, I didn't want to clean toilets. And it was just like, why am I defending this to this person? Obviously he's not, he wasn't the person for me, but you know, this idea that like, I have to raise children and clean the house and do all of these other things. And that's somebody else's idea of what I'm supposed to be versus again, tapping back into why am I here? What is it that I, what is it that gives me joy? So I think that's probably the biggest thing because it's a lot of unlearning. I think that as you become an adult, the process of unlearning the things because whoo, you didn't say it a lot, right? <laughs> <laughs> because it's so, it's so deep and it's, it can be something very simple. Like I, my hair, I have natural hair. Mm-hmm. As do you. 
right? We got we got the the, the uh, it's, a, it's a little something extra. Uh -huh, something in there, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you're giving you serving that naturalness, you know what I'm saying? Yes, it's very yeah. different from the dorm. Yes. Right. I remember going from when I decided I, I went big chop and it was a petty reason. I'll share my petty reason really quickly. Um, uh -huh. I had an amazing hairstylist. She cut, colored, whatever she wanted to do. I was like, I don't care. Like, it's so long as I look cute. And at, sometimes she had a relaxer in my hair and color. And it had started to break my hair because I was also kind of straightening with a flat iron. So I had a little bit of a breakage. It wasn't nothing. I wasn't like having an issue. But she told me <laughs> as a professional that nobody else was allowed to um, flat iron my hair other than her. So I internally, my gear started working. I'm like, you need to tell me I'm about to give you a hundred plus dollars so I can look cute for three days. And mm -hmm. I'm not going to see you again for the another like week and a half. So by the time I come here, my hair is going to be all over the place. And I just, you know, the petty in me would not allow it. So the next time I went, I told her to shave my hair. I just said, shave it all off. And she was like, are you serious? I was like, ain't nobody gonna tell me what I'm gonna do with the things that grows out of my head. Oh, and it was because she was being mean. She was trying to maintain something and I get it. But wow. there was so much power in hair and what that means. And we all know that as black women, what that means to have long hair that's just down your back. And yeah. You know, I it overnight went all the way off. It was gone. And so it was like a weight was February. lifted. <laughs> I did that last, I did it February 2019 or something. I don't know. I just yanked it off. I mean, it wasn't even, it was gone, like bald. I can't believe I even did that. You're right. You're right. I'm going to have to show you a picture. It's going to um, be in and, and that <laughs> type of, of thought process. Somebody thinks that you, it should look a certain way. And even now I've been natural for years, probably seven, eight years. And I, I was speaking to my aunt recently and I'm telling her about the project and how she can support, you know, trying to be like, so I'm doing this fundraising thing. And you know how some of the, some of our older aunties don't even understand the idea of like crowdfunding. So that was also me explaining that to them. Yes. Like, well, we're worried that you're going to open it. I said, like, you know, I read the text message, like it said, when it is safe. I didn't say I was opening it yesterday in the middle of COVID. I'm saying when it's safe, we'll open doors. I'm just preparing so that when we can, we'll be ready to go. But yeah. she had mentioned some, she's like, well, what are you going to do? Cause you've seen the video. I have the big throw out for the <laughs> video. When are you going to do something with your hair? And I had to say, excuse me. <laughs> like, I like, this is this is the something that's done with our hair and I know she didn't mean anything negative about it but if I didn't know who I was that tiny little thing that somebody could say could send me to go you know buy the weed that makes me feel like I have and there's again nothing wrong with weave I think that's the versatility of black women we can do we one day bald head the next day and an afro the day after that but just really knowing that that was her belief. That was something that's antiquated that natural hair isn't pretty, that you can't do it. And so yeah. I went off on a tangent on that. But <laughs> I saw a post, what, I don't know, two days ago, maybe last week, but I, I've been thinking about it. And it talked about um, in social media where perfection is normalized. When perfection is normalized, and then reality is disparaged almost mm -hmm. you know what I'm, I'm like huh i'm like yeah 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 i'm like hands down gave it a one of them and <laughs> i don't know some high fives and 100s but think about that when perfection is normalized it, that is gonna make us all sick it really <laughs> it's it's hard you, i see such beautiful people doing things to themselves so that they will look like something that again that that person doesn't look like like I think and without calling out you know people there are people out here who who have access to the best plastic surgeons to the best nutritionists, to the best all of these things like those people who are the influencers have the access to all these things like and I again don't want to call away yeah but one of, one of them girls don't look like herself you know but she's the icon everybody wants to look like her and it's like that's not even, no, no parts of that is real. And so when you have somebody who has, you know, their natural body the way it is, and again, there's nothing wrong. If you personally want to do something, mm -hmm. do it for what makes you feel good, but not because somebody else is saying like, well, if you don't have this dimensions, I can't really 
see us being together or, or feeling beautiful. So. so do you do sessions on this? Oh, no. Will some of your workshops and, and um, sessions, you know, contain, uh, have discussions and topics and things like this where the participants can speak to this? I mean, because this is all connected for me and the, and the yoga and the, the physicality of your work. Yeah. I mean, I haven't fleshed that part out yet, um, but I definitely think, I mean, it is, that's exactly why I am looking to build this within this community with black and brown teachers, because we need to be able to see ourselves, because I think that that's another thing. I mean, I think it's, this year has been a year where we're really calling out anti-Blackness. And I think that's an important thing to say. And anti-Blackness is not just around Black people, but of all melanated people, the darker shades of those melanated people as well, because that exists everywhere. Yeah. And so I think this year is a year that, you know, A, it's being called out. Yeah. And um, B, also, like I said, being in a space where you can talk where people, because one of the things, and I don't really know what I'm going to call this, but there was something I'm going to create a hashtag around like working out in your scarf or yoga in your scarf. I don't know what it's going to be, but it was just like, that's something that as black women, we wrap our hair up, we do this thing. And yes. it's kind of normalizing the fat because one of the things that makes me sad is that oh, I can't say, well, yeah, I'm going to say it. black women would rather look good more than be healthy sometimes. Mm. Meaning, I just got my hair done, I can't go sweat. Yeah. And that is really challenging. Um, because, you know, like, you know, like, one day we won't have, you know, the, the long, luxurious, luxurious hair or whatever, but you'll have your body and if you take care of it. So it's kind of like one of those things. And I too was one of those people who was like, oh no, I just got my hair done. Do not even think I'm about to go take a run or anything, yeah, but. It was easy to say, it was easy to say. Right. And, um, but I love that, I love that. So let's get into, it's, it's um, I need to wind down, but I don't want to, um, but I wanna talk some more about your, your services. So let's kind of transition then into how can, you've already kind of segued into it a bit, so let's keep going. How can we find out more um, about you and the work that you're doing and how can we support you? You just talked about crowdfunding and things. So tell us all this good juicy stuff so we can go and follow you and Yay! however you want to share. Okay. So the studio uh, website is uh, www.bodyartnoir.com and I'll spell it B-O-D-Y-A-R-T-N-O-I-R-E. So um, even in my name. What's that name? How'd you come up with that? Okay. So body art, obviously the art of like moving and like all the different unique shapes that you make in yoga. Yeah. So that was what I was thinking of, like just the shapes seem pretty straightforward but obviously noir and black okay. and so again just letting you know that this is again black melanated brown people yes. who are in acting, who are moving their bodies in a way that you know serves so that is how I came up with it um okay. so that's the website hmm? yeah okay that is it and um the Instagram is the same it's body art noir and um, so we're just straight out there and, and that is where you can find us. Um, I teach classes right now via Zoom due to COVID. So you are more than welcome to join the classes. The class schedule is up on the website. Um, I also record classes. So if you don't live in the same time zone and it's difficult for you to make the classes live, um, I can always send a link so you can reach out on any of the platforms, either via DM or email. Um, through the website and yeah so that is how you can reach me um right now i'm in the middle of a crowdfunding campaign and um okay. it's through i fund women i think it's an incredible organization i think um that they have a lot of workshops a lot of um they have coaching and so if you're a woman who's listening to this and who is thinking about starting a business i think it's an incredible resource that everybody should take some time. They have a free e-course about crowdfunding because I had never done this myself. And when I tell you I devoured that, I, I broke it down, I followed the steps. 
And so far it's going really well. Um, and that was also important to me because funding a business isn't easy um, in any shape, way or form. And so being able to create a community studio with the support of the community that is always that is already here was super important to me. Um, and uh, yeah, so that is that. You'll find that link on the website. So it'll be on the homepage. And if you've listened to this after December 31st, no worries, you can still make donations on the website. Um, and so that'll be a, another place where you can just go and there'll be a donate button. So if you're interested in supporting the community studio, and I don't even think I said this, which I guess I should probably say, um, the thing that sets our community studio apart is obviously the focus on having teachers who are representative. So Black and Latinx teachers are important to me. Um, having black men, brown, you know, people do that because a lot of times you don't see a lot of men in yoga sometimes. So I have been very blessed to meet a lot of black yogis and Latinx yogis. So just being able to connect them so that they have the space. Yeah. Um, something else that's super important to us is uh, prenatal yoga and doulas. And that is something that I'm really focusing on is having that space for women to meet up with doulas and to again continue to move their bodies in a healthy way um because most people I mean you may or may not know this but black women die three times or die from birth related complications three times more than their white counterparts mm -hmm. then that's followed by Native American women after that who have the next highest death rate and you know, for me being a woman in my mid thirties who has not yet had a child, that always is something that's on my mind to think like, how can I be healthy? How can, should I ever move down that path to be not one of these statistics? And then also just looking around about the community because I think it also goes, or it also, well, it, it doesn't matter the level of, of academia the black woman has received again against her white counterpart and so really just trying to figure out a way to make that connection um so I have a a host of doulas that I've been like in connection with so ready to like as soon as we can get back outside and moving with one another um that's important and also just offering workshops for the community and things of that nature I really want to be able to have introduced people to the space and keeping it keeping it at an affordable rate so wow. do you do anything for for kids um not yet i'm not a good person personally but i have friends who are i mean not to say i don't have kids i just don't know if i have the patience to teach kids yoga personally um but i do have friends who who like are like so about kids yoga so that will also be another component that that gets rolled into it so just kind of finding a space for everyone i also really think about seniors i mean I, I want to be able to connect. There's a local senior citizen, or not senior citizen, but a senior center. There's the word I was looking for. Okay. And being able to go there and then provide some type of movement class and keeping it gentle. Because I, I do think everybody can benefit from it. And this is one thing, I don't, I don't know if this is, this was, I don't know if I'm there, but I'm going to say it. Um, there is lots of types of yoga. And so if you've tried one yoga class, you have not tried them all. And it may or may not resonate with you. If I had quit after that first class, I would not be here today, you know? And there's so many types. There's obviously prenatal. There's yoga nidra, which is like a sleep yoga. You have yin and restorative yoga. So if you like something more gentle, you have vinyasa, you have power, you have rocket. Like the list can go on and on. So there's so many different types of yoga um so give it a try try some I'm different just gonna tell you you're teaching me tonight I have never heard of any of that <laughs> all I did all I did in my whole life was go maybe a year, three years ago after a surgery I had the next summer and I tried hot yoga hot yoga I was just knew you was gonna say that and I tried it once <laughs> I tried it twice and that was it <laughs> Yes, yes. That was it. I'm like, I'm about to really die in here and I'm just not going to want to do that today. And so I said, so I tried to You see, it didn't even come to my brain because I don't really practice like hot yoga. The hottest I'll be wow. is about five degrees. And I'm like, uh -huh. that's 
know, a little warm, a little sweat, but Girl, I, I put on some hot yoga pants, but I don't, I'm not going back to hot yoga. But um, but this has been wonderful. You are wonderful, and I'm so so glad um, that we reconnected so that you could um, talk about all these brilliant things that you are doing. I applaud you so much. So the last question, this is like my little wrap up question, is so what type of what just comes to your mind right now in the moment? Um, some advice that you could give to us as women, whether it's related to what you currently do or just something else that you're learning yourself? I would say spend more time with yourself in whatever way that that looks like and whether that is sitting in meditation, whether that is reading a book mm-hmm. or journaling, like all, just really spending time with yourself because Again, there's so many different things that pull you in so many different directions. You know, we we have so much responsibility. We take care of everybody. So really just prioritizing self-care and not the, 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 well, it's way more than just bubble baths and massages, you know, that glamorized. And again, that's another hashtag self-care Sunday, (laughs) but really just taking care of yourself. And if that means like, going to therapy do that be open to the experience because a lot of times we're dealing with things that we don't understand because it's stuff that has happened along the way and exactly part of our story so being able to separate the things that happen from who you really are is is probably the most powerful thing I can say is spend time with yourself and be open to whatever that looks like mm-hmm. wow I want to ask you some more. So maybe we'll just keep talking um, offline. And so um, again, thank you for, uh, you know, gracing (laughs) this space with me. And this is season two. And I'm so, so glad that you are um, a part of it. And what I'd like to say to our listeners is to please check her out. Uh, Please go to her website. We're going to have all of those juicy nuggets uh, for you in Um, the show notes and we'll also link uh, to the couple of resources that she mentioned and um, as you get ready to log off here I just want to tell you to you know remember to not just brand a little bit of your brilliance but I want you to brand all of your brilliance you are in a space where the world needs you you have been called upon and even though we are still becoming and 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 um doing what it is that we have been called, we still have a place to serve and we have a message in our mouth. So until the next episode, thank you for joining. Bye. Thanks so much for having me.